Welcome to the Threefold Real Estate Investing Podcast. This is the podcast where you'll not only learn how you can achieve massive success in multifamily real estate investing, but also how you can simultaneously pursue great relationships with your family and a better walk with God. You can achieve financial freedom through real estate investing without sacrificing the relationships that mean the most to you. Now, here's your host, Lee Yoder. Welcome back, three full listeners. I hope you're having a great week this week. I think we've got a great episode for you today. I'm, I'm not as confident as I normally am because I normally have a great guest to bring with you, uh, bring to you. Uh, today, it's just me, uh, so we'll see how this goes. Um, I like doing these sometimes just when we've got uh, when I've got something to share. I think I've got like a good uh, case study or a good example or just a good topic to talk about. And uh, this time I wanted to share with you a property that we just sold uh, just a couple months ago. Um, This is a a 47 unit apartment building in Dayton, Ohio, uh, that we bought just over two years ago. Uh, And just about exactly at the two year mark, we actually sold the property. So a really great project. A lot went on. I I certainly learned a lot. I think our team did. Um, But really turned out well. Obviously, you know, the, the market did help us, although, you know, we didn't really sell at the peak 2021 and in the beginning of 2022 would have been the best time to sell just as far as the market uh, goes with, you know, uh, high prices and low interest rates. Now we have uh, still pretty high prices, still pretty good time to sell, but uh, high interest rates, which makes it harder on the buyer. So anyway, I uh, wanted to go all the way back, just share with you how we found it, you know, what we did with it, a lot of lessons we learned and then um, why we decided to sell it and, and how that all ended up. So uh, this is, uh, like I said, a 47 unit uh, actually in Kettering, in the Kettering area of Dayton, Ohio. Um, we called it Kettering 47, uh, just to keep it simple uh, for us and our investors. But the property was called the Alpine. So I'll refer to it as the Alpine because that's what we called it uh, all along. That's what the sign out front of it says. Um, and that's what we ended up just calling it the whole time. So we found the Alpine through uh, some brokers here in Cincinnati, uh, actually the Marks and Millichap group. Uh, they had another property listed. I think it was even on LoopNet. And this was back, you know, I had only uh, syndicated one apartment building. I'd bought uh, four, I guess, but three of those were really small, 16, eight and 10 units. Uh, and then we had just done one forty-five unit that we had just bought totally off market in the Dayton area. So we did not have much experience. So we were looking at this, I think it was a 54 unit up kind of more uh, West Dayton, Northwest Dayton, and uh, liked it pretty well, but thought the price was a little bit off. And, and the uh, broker I was with, again, through Marks Millichap, he said, well, you know, we do have another property. It's not for sale yet, but um, you know, it is going to be for sale. And so, you know, we're showing people, do you want to go look at that one? I said, yeah, that, that sounds good. Like, you know, not even listed yet. So we went and looked at the Alpine, uh, just kind of walked around. I think we might've got to see, yeah, we got to see a couple units. Um, you know, their little office in the basement, which was, you know, not office, really the utility room. And, uh, I really liked it. I, I really liked the area. Kettering's a good area. Uh, so I thought this is a good area. The units were big, 44 of the 47 or two bed, one and a half bath flats, but like almost, I think 1100 square feet right there. Maybe 1064 is the number I have in my mind. Um, just thought a lot of potential, but not much had been done. And the outside didn't really look that great. There was a, a pool on the property that hadn't been used for three years. It was just dormant. And this, you know, broken down fence around it and all this concrete, just a lot that you knew you could do. It really, to me, right away, it looked like, you know, what so many people say you should look for is that, um, you know, worst house on the on the on a good street or something like that, where just it was very much a C class property in a B class area. And so that's what we're always looking for. Uh, because you can't change the location, but you can change the property, right? So we really felt like we could do that with this one. And so I liked it. So now it's, you know, now it's like, well, I like it, but you know. 
we, the numbers have to work, right? So you go back and, and we underwrite. Um, I, I love underwriting. I love putting all the numbers in and um, trying to figure it out. And, you know, it, it's it's one thing to put all the numbers in that the seller gives you, but you've got to decide, yeah, but it doesn't matter how the seller operate. It doesn't matter, you know, how much money they made in one sense. It really just matters how you're going to operate it and you're going to operate it very differently. And the rents hopefully are going to be very different. And we saw a ton of upside. I think we bought it Average rent was just under six fifty a month. Again, these are two bed, one and a half bath flats, almost eleven hundred square feet. Average rent was like I think it was like literally like six forty nine or six forty eight, and we felt like market rent was nine hundred. Again, so this was uh, take you back. This was when we were underwriting. It was probably like March, April um, of twenty twenty one. We ended up buying it in, in uh, June twenty twenty one. So. Um, we put down an offer. Uh, we agreed to have our money go hard day one. That's tough. Um, back then, at least we were like pretty confident in the financing. Actually, this was an assumable loan. We assumed a Freddie Mac small balance loan on this one. So that was kind of interesting. Um, so we knew the debt was good. Um, the interest rate was 3.58% fixed for like another nine years because they were only one year into this loan. They had just refinanced uh, interest only for three years. So we had two more years of interest only. So that was going to be nice. Um, so we were pretty much interested in the whole time we, we had it. Um, but that was time was running out. Um, another little motivation to sell, but yeah, we just felt like the debt was good. We knew we liked the area. We knew we could operate it well, um, with the property management company we were working with. We had a property manager walk the property. That's important. And they were sold on it. They're like, man, this is, this is fantastic, which, you know, maybe they're wanting more business or whatever, but I, I think they honestly really liked the property, liked the area. They felt they could manage it well. And, and honestly, they're investors too. And, and they were like, man, we would buy this if you weren't, um, which is easy to say, but uh, we, we just felt really confident about it. So got the offer in, uh, there was another group offering on it. We were back and forth. We did offer, uh, I think we had a hundred thousand dollars going hard after our inspection period. So um, I don't know that the other group was willing to do that. You know, we just felt confident in the area. We felt confident in the property. We felt confident in our uh, purchase price. It just felt really good that we could, you know, if we got through the inspection period, didn't find anything major, we were fine with, um, you know, six figures going hard, which, you know, is uh, it's nerve wracking, but um, sometimes it's what it takes to get the deal done. I think that is what put us over the top because um, I think we were right there. I don't think we offered more than the other guy, but I think we had more hard money. Um, so it gave the the seller more assurity of closing, gave the brokers more assurity of closing. So we were able to get it uh, under contract. So did the inspection, you know, things really went well with the inspection. Didn't really find anything big. Um, you know, I will say one learning lesson is kind of jumping ahead, but you know, as we're going through, we're really looking at the units and we want to do a lot of unit renovation. So I wasn't really that scared what we we're going to find with the units because it's like, all right, if we find a bunch of units that need renovated, well, that's our plan anyway. And when you've got average rent at 650 and you think you're going to raise the 900, you know, that's $250. Um, you want some people to leave, you know, and, and renovate those units. Um, and so we weren't that scared, but you know, we did know a lot of people were placed pretty recently because we had the rent roll. The rent roll will tell you when people moved in. And so we knew that. And so we knew, okay, like the, the seller, you know, put some people in um, to try to, you know, fill it up and, and get ready for sale. So maybe some of these aren't the best residents, but um, the thing that's tough with that is you just, you don't know how people are going to treat their units. So some of these people that have been placed in the last few months, their units look pretty good, but they only live there for a few months. And what end up happening down the road was that a lot of these residents, while they were really good people, uh, it seemed like they just did not take care of their, their, uh, unit. And, um, a lot of them were just from different cultures. Like, so from overseas actually end up just really having a, a, uh, a bug problem. And, uh, it was really hard to solve because again, just different culture, like different, um, sanitary standards and different cooking standards, uh, which just uh, encouraged bugs to come in and made it really hard to get them out. So that's something that was really hard to pick up on the during the inspection because they just 
been there. So we didn't have a bug problem when we took over um, and, and you couldn't see it. And, you know, a few more months in a year in now you can see it. Like you walk in and you see it in the units and it was nothing like that in the inspection. So lesson learned, um, I, you know, that's a tough one to uncover though, right? Because you go in and it, how are you going to know like, well, these people are going to, you know, invite bugs and it, it's a, but um, what I'll say is about that is just be prepared for it. Be ready for it. Be ready for things to happen and, and just have a lot of reserves. That was another big lesson we learned in this, but I'll just back up. So, you know, we, we got into contract, we put our property management on, um, in, in place. It's a property management company we had been working with, you know, felt good about them. Uh, they came in and started doing a good job. We did a lot of CapEx projects. So again, we felt like this is a C-class property in a B-class area. And so we really had this vision for it. And I guess back up even more, you know, we had to find investors for it. So um, we went out to uh, a, a group of investors that we, you know, we kind of have our email list and, you know, emailed them and, and we've been, you know, preparing them for, you know, these are the kind of deals we do. And we had a lot of people that uh, voiced interest in doing that with us coming in as passive investors. And so um, it was good, but we had to raise more than we'd ever raised. The most I had ever raised on a project was 550,000. We needed 1.3 million, one, yeah, 1. million for this one. Um, and uh, so that was a huge bump. So intimidating. Uh, the Good thing, and it'd be so because we were assumed a Freddie Mac small balance loan, we had to have a certain net worth. You have to have a net worth equal to the loan amount, and you have to have a liquidity equal to paying what you need to pay the loan for a year. Uh, my business partner, Kevin, and I did not have that. So we brought on my mentor. He came on, he and his wife, to sign on the loan with us and be a part of this project. And they have a lot of connections in the RIA. So that really helped us attract more investors from the local RIA here in Cincinnati, uh, which is really helpful. So that was a big part of this was raising $1.3 million um, and and putting this all together because, you know, we, we can't buy the property on our own. Uh, but they came in, uh, like I said, we got our property management company put in place and we got right to work. Um, again, if this is a, a C-class property in a B-class area, we want to kind of as quickly as we can turn it into a B-class property, especially on the outside. You know, if you, if you know you want to replace the windows, um, we didn't end up doing anything in the parking lot, but I think that's a great one to spend money on. Um, we got rid of the pool, uh, it just was not worth bringing back. So we leveled that and turned that into a beautiful green space. So it went from like having this huge eyesore to just being like, wow, this this property has a lot of beautiful green space. Just really cleaned up, did up, spent, you know, probably eight, 10 grand on landscaping, things like that. And really, I mean, tons of trash. We got cleaned up, redid the area around the trash uh, dumpsters. And within, you know, a few months, we've got the property looking completely different. So for two, you do that for two reasons. Probably the more obvious reason is for new residents. So the vacant units that we had or the people that decide to move out, uh, we've got these vacant units. When we bring people on the property and we're trying to rent the units now for $900, we want the property to look really good. We want it to look like a $900 a month property. And so that's that's why you do those um, projects early on to fill your units at your target rent. And so that's, that's great. But another reason that some people might not realize is that the current residents need to see that too, because- we're going to raise rent on them. So we're coming in. 650 is really under market. Obviously, market rent's 900, but that's for a nice unit. Some of these people were living in units that hadn't been renovated for two, four, six, eight, 10 years, right? So we're not going to get them anywhere close to 900, but we might raise them to 700. We might even raise some of them to 750. And that's a big uh, pill to swallow. But if they see that, well, I live in a lot nicer property right now. I, we actually painted the entire interior. I didn't say that either. Um, so we made the interior look much better. So if they see, well, they're raising my rent, but I live in a lot nicer place now. And, you know, I'm not thrilled with the ownership, the new ownership, because they're raising my rent, but new ownership's put a lot of money into the property as well. So it's not all take, it's it's some give and take. And so you'll get a lot of people that are renew uh, more likely uh, because you're putting money in the property and making it a nicer property, a place that they do want to live. It's like, 
maybe they kind of wanted to move to a nicer place anyway. And it's like, well, now my, my place I live is a nicer place. So that's why you spend all that money early on. So we did that. We went after it. Uh, there were 13 garages, rundown, broken garage doors, replaced all those garage doors as well. We had, we painted the exterior uh, as well as doing all the windows. Anyway, we, we went right after it and got this uh, property looking good. And so, um, yeah, really felt good about our plan that first half, half of the year, the second half of 2021. And then at the beginning of uh, 2022, we had a fire um, and we are right in the middle of renovation. So we're really getting after it. And then we had this big fire that took out five units. It really just burned one unit. Everybody was okay. Uh, took down five units um, for the duration, which the duration ended up being nine months. This was a nine month process. So five units we couldn't rent. Now our insurance reimbursed us for those nine months for those units. Our insurance took care of everything. We had a good insurance, uh, really good insurance broker. If you need one, uh, let me know. I, I've got a good one. Um, and so we recovered there, but man, was it a, a nightmare. It's, it's just a tough process dealing with insurance, right? And dealing with all that rehab. Um, so it was tough. And and then, so the other thing that started coming around at that same time, this 2022 was a tough year for us with this property. We really, you know, it's like when you're flipping a house, right? Like you got to, you kind of go down, like way down. You, you tear everything out. You're just pouring money into it. And like, you kind of hit the bottom and then all of a sudden it starts looking a lot better, right? And then eventually you sell it and make it, make a big profit. We really experienced that. And then the fire just added to it where I'll you know, talk about it. We ended up, you know, kind of benefiting from that fire in a way, but it really took us to like a new low because of course we had these five units and, um, and, and the, the whole building was smoky. So we ended up having a whole building repainted. Uh, we lost some other residents uh, kind of due to that, some of the smell and stuff like that. And then uh, what I mentioned in the beginning with some of the residents that uh, just made it uh, difficult to near like impossible to get the bug problem under control. Some of them um, started leaving and and their units were just really rough. And then um, I don't have to tell you about inflation. Um, you know, the, the good part of inflation was we started renting for more. So then I think about this time we were probably getting 950 instead of 900. So that was awesome. But our unit renovations were t- costing like 16,000 instead of 12,000. So that was a lot. And then we're doing a lot more unit renovations because we were not renewing some leases on, on some people. And so we were getting a lot of, uh, of unit renovations coming. So through 2022, um, just doing so many unit renovations, working through the fire, uh, it was tough. It was really tough. We actually ended up, you know, within the first year of an apartment syndication, uh, really in a syndication, you can continue raising money. So our, our capital raising period is a year. Now we raised the entire 1.3, but we still have a year we can still raise. So our investors know there's a range of what we might, we might raise, but all of our projections were based on 1.3 million. We end up raising another 150,000 to continue with all the unit renovations and pay for the increase in the cost because we knew it was worth it because yeah, we're going to have to put more money in the property. So yes, we are bringing in more investors. So it's going to dilute our original investors. So instead of 1.3 million, we're at 1.45 million, but we're getting a lot more in rent. The property is going to be worth more than we thought. So we knew that was a good trade and we sold that to our investors. They, they agreed with that. They bought into that. So we brought in more investors, but still we were we were blowing through that money, just all unit renovations. Um, we stayed so far ahead. I had some a stat for my investor. I don't know if I have it right here, but we were the plan was to do. Uh, I think we were planning on doing thirty unit renovations in the first four years, and we did twenty nine in the first two in the in the two that we in the two that we owned it. So. Um, it was a lot. Uh, my business partner, Kevin and I, and then I, with my my wife and my kids, we were out there doing a lot of it ourselves, trying to trying to save because we knew we were just kind of blowing through it. So probably the, the biggest lesson I learned on this one um, was to have more reserves. And just as I said that, I, I realized I, I forgot of something. We paid a big tax settlement bill on this one. If you don't know what that is, it's just this, uh, this stupid thing in Ohio where 
property values are much less than than the sale price. And um, a school board, a local school board can find out about that and hire an attorney and come after you and ask you to to kind of pay up. And we had to do that. And that was six figures uh, that we had to pay in a one-time payment right now. Uh, and that hurt uh, pretty bad. Again, so that, that's, that goes into why we raised another one because we lost a hundred. Um, so that just really hurt us. We needed that money. So um, we raised some more and, and, but we were even blowing through that, just doing so many unit renovations again, just such a faster pace. So when you're doing that and the fire played into this where it kind of made it difficult, but then as the fire got done, you know, we got the entire building interior painted again, which that wasn't really that helpful because we'd already done it, but they actually replaced the flooring uh, because we had so much smoke damage and the carpet was all carpet. So it all smelled like smoke. So we got the carpet replaced as part of that. And then not only the unit that was charred, but there were uh, three other units that they did full unit renovations because they had so much smoke damage in them. So that was kind of done for free. Like our insurance paid for that. Of course, we pay for our insurance, but we don't pay that much for it. So we kind of made out uh, to get new carpet throughout the buildings. It just made them look so much better and then get those units done. I mean, they did them really nice. So we brought people in. Um, and, and by this time, you know, toward the end of 2020, 2022, we actually brought in a new property management company. Uh, and, and they were, you know, just probably better at the B class properties. And then we were truly had turned this into a B class property, especially after the fire was done, all the new carpet that these really nice units, they came in, we started getting 1100 a month in these units. So again, we went from an average of 650 and now we're getting 1100 for the nice units, two of the units. Uh, that the insurance company redid for us. They made really nice, obviously, because right everything was brand new. We got thirteen hundred a month for those units. So we are now increasing the value of the property. If you know how an apartment's valued, if you're listening to this, you probably do. But it's based on net operating income, and the more you can increase the revenue, which you know comes from rents, uh, and if you can keep your expenses, you know, stable then your NOI, your net operating income, your cash flow before you have to pay the mortgage is going to go up. And that's how your property is valued, um, that divided by a cap rate. And so the value was just skyrocketing. Yes, we were spending through all of our um, capital because we were doing all these projects and doing so many renovations and doing them so much faster that we got to a point by the end of 2022 where I said, you know, we are running out of capital. Again, even though we raised that extra 150, we're running out because we're doing so many unit renovations. So that's good. The property's worth so much more, but it's really difficult for cash flow because when you increase rent, it does increase your cash flow, but we were spending it so much on unit renovations. It, we weren't cash flowing very well, but the property was worth so much. The property was worth so much more than it was supposed to be after just two years. So we had to, in my mind, we had two options. You know, we either had to bring in um, more capital, which would be like doing a capital call or, you know, here at Threefold, we thought, you know, maybe we'll just put the money in, you know, lend the property some money, maybe at a, at a you know low interest rate or something like that so that we can continue with kind of what I would call, you know, we probably did phase one and phase two, maybe even phase three, but maybe phase four and phase five, uh, we still need to be done. And you're going to need more capital to do that. And really it was just renovating the other 18 units. Uh, we did 29 of the 47. So there were 18 left and, and you could see the path because again, we're now getting 1100 for all the units. We got 1300 on two that we made really nice. So you could say, Hey, what about those other 18? What if we make them really nice? And that's like all new cabinets. There was even a, a way we could maybe add a dishwasher, um, things like that, and then get 1300, which has been proven on two units. So either we do that, or we go to the market and sell and see if somebody else wants to come in and bring that capital in and, and, and finish out, uh, you know, phase four and phase five of the Alpine. And so we went back, we went to our brokers, you know, it's like, you know, everybody says that, you know, everything's always for sale for the right price. So we thought, well, this is a price. And, and for us, it always goes back to our investors. Like we, we told them, here's the return we're going to get. Um, you know, can, can we get that to them? You know, when you sell early, it's exciting. A lot of investors might be excited about that. They get their capital back early plus all the profit. And so they can go get that in another deal. Sometimes it's like, well, 
I'd rather just stay in a deal. That way I don't have to find all these different deals. And you pay taxes when you sell, right? It's long-term capital gain. So it's better um, than, than just your ordinary income. So there's you know tax advantages there. But um, some people just want to stay in the deal. And so when you sell early, you, you should be able to exceed expectations because um, your return per year should be a lot higher when you hold it for less years, right? Because that that sale profit, the, the profit that you make on the sale is usually that big chunk. And so if it's spread out over two years instead of five years, you know, a two-year hold versus a five-year hold, you should do a lot better. Um, so we, we you know, again, decided to take the brokers. What do you think we could get? And they end up, um, you know, thinking they could get a price that probably made sense for us. So we started to explore it. And they had a 1031 buyer uh, where, you know, he really liked actually working with our property management company. He liked buying in the area that our property was. And, and he had this 1031, he had a money. And if you don't know what that means, that means like he sold something, you know, I think he sold some other apartment buildings. And let's say he made, you know, $3 million in profit. Well, if he just takes that profit, he's going to pay long-term capital gains, right? But that that might be a quarter, right? So, you know, we're talking $70,000, $75,000 um, that, that he's going to pay uh, in taxes. So uh, in order to avoid that, he can take that $3 million and reinvest it. And he likes investing. Anyway, so anyway, our property just kind of fit what he was looking for. So we were really able to come to an agreement on, on a price that we just felt like was a great price. Um, and so we ended up selling it. So that was, you know, again, out like exactly two years because we bought it in June of 2021 and the sale closed in June of 2023. Um, very seamless on the close. We had a great buyer. He was great to work with. And then the Marks and Millichap have always been great to work with. We really like those guys here in Cincinnati. Um, but yeah, just some some numbers. So we bought it for 2.8 million. I guess I didn't share that at the beginning. Uh, we assumed a Freddie Mac loan, uh, which was at 1.95 million. Uh, so we raised 1.3 million at the beginning, but ended up going up to 1.45 million that we raised from investors. We spent about $470,000 on this. Again, you know, replaced all the windows, painted the exterior, painted the interior, uh, got rid of the pool, did a ton of landscaping, replaced 13 garages, and then did a did uh, 29 unit renovations. Um, so you can do the math on that. Just, you know, 10 grand is 290,000. We were yeah, at least 300 grand on, on, on unit renovations. So um, a lot there. So we were all in for 3.4 million. Uh, is what we were all in for. We ended up selling for 4.625. And so really happy with that sale price. Um, so our profit was just under a million for us and our investors. Uh, and, and so we were able to get them an annualized return of 23%. Um, so really excited about that. Their equity multiple, which means how much did we increase the, their original investment was 1.45. So it means if you invested 100,000, then you got 145,000 back. So um, in total, that includes the cash flow and the profit from sale. So Really great result. I mean, of course, like I said, when you sell in two years, you should do pretty well. The market helped us. Again, it was um, not the best time to sell because interest rates were higher, but um, we still were able to do very well. So really uh, difficult project, something we learned a lot on, you know, with the fire, with the tax settlement, uh, with doing so many more unit renovations in such a shorter period of time. You know, again, like half that we were supposed to do 40 um, or sorry, 30 in, in four years. And we did... Um, 29 in two years. So just really humming for us. I mean, some people can do those quicker than that, but for us, that was really fast. And, um, but so we, we, you know, progressed the property so much quicker, but that's really tough to do. Uh, but you know, sold it and got a really great result and, um, you know, we'd love to do more of them. So the exciting part about that for us and our investors is they said, well, all right, you know, this was good, but, uh, now we got to do it again. Now we got to part our money to work again. And so we're looking forward to doing that. Yeah. So, uh, it, you know, it was fun sharing, uh, the story of the Alpine with you. Um, if you you know want to know more about what we do here at Threefold, jump on our website. That's threefoldrei.com, spelled out T H R E E F O L D 
R-E-I as in realestateinvesting.com. A uh, bunch of good stuff for you there. You can kind of get to know us and, and what we do. Um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and Facebook, so you can find me there. But um, yeah, happy to share. Uh, fun sharing the Alpine. It was a really fun project, a true labor of love for us and, and really my entire family. I had my wife and the kids out there a lot uh, trying to do some of the work and, and make this project work. And God bless us with a great outcome. So uh, really grateful for that. So thanks for listening in and uh, humoring, here while, hum- humoring me while I shared the story of the Alpine. Uh, Hope you all have a great week and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another great episode. I hope you'll take action on what you've learned today. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving Lee a five-star rating and review and check him out on threefoldrei.com. Until next time, 1 Timothy 6.17.